what's going on? Greetings and good day, and welcome to Birds All Day, episode number 170. My name is Drew Fairservice, and we are here talking about your Toronto Blue Jays, uh, which, well, it could be better, frankly, but uh, you know, it could also be worse. We could be talking about the, the Baltimore Orioles, in which case we would not be talking about the Baltimore Orioles. We'd be doing literally anything else with our time. Thankfully. But my name is Drew Fairservice. I don't know if I did mention that or not. Uh, and yes, this is the place where we talk about your Toronto Blue Jays. And joining me, as always... Uh, my ass is in the jackpot. Your, <laughs> your ass is in the jackpot. Uh, Mr. Andrew Stoughton. Stoughton, how are you? I am uh, I am doing well. It's the situation. So not in that situation. <laughs> they took that down. Somebody made him take it down. I saw that. I, it's, I think, you can still find it on YouTube. But yeah, that was, uh, that was a delight. But, uh, uh, Tom, I, Tom Hallion, well, well, well played, sir. Terry, Terry Collins, not so much. Terry Collins' voice did not expect it to come shrieking out of him like that. It's like he <laughs> he was in a he was in a metal band in another life, I think. Maybe <laughs> Terry Collins. Uh, I think it was Jesse Spector was talking about. Uh, there's a, there's a, there's a word that uh, that Terry Collins uses that has definitely fallen out of favor because mm-hmm. it's very problematic. It's a it's a homophobic slur mm-hmm. but it is a very like a punchy word like and when you use it it's really effective <laughs> he just throws it out there and it's like you're <laughs> taking it back like oh my god i forgot uh, and it makes me think of uh, the early like tenacious d records with like jack black used to throw that around all the time Did same thing very it. effective like it is effective as a weapon not a not an it is it is not an okay term to use especially as in a in the pejorative way in which it is deployed, but in terms of the pure sonic quality of those that compound word, all it's terrific. It's just well done. <laughs> I think I think that's that's a fair thing to say. It's that's a that's a good way to put it. Uh, Tenacious uh, D, uh, part of the re- I'm going. They're one of the bands on this really disappointing rock fest lineup that I'm going to go see this weekend, which is why we're doing this a day early. Uh, well, so yes, it is here Wednesday we're doing this, this show. Typically we record on a Thursday night. Today is Wednesday. You are off to uh, the wilds of rural Quebec mm. to attend Rockfest, Tenacious D. Um, I don't know that I've seen Tenacious D. I am a mark for musical-ish comedy. And a lot of Tenacious D songs are really fun. And I will say that you have not lived... Not you, Stoughton, because mm-hmm. I know you've never seen this. Uh, nor mo- I would say 99.9% of the people who are listening to this have not lived until you have seen me perform Fucker Gently at karaoke. Because <laughs> that shit brings the house down. I bet it does. Only like I bet it does. Half a dozen people that will know, know it, and the rest, if they have it, there was a place I used to go to in Ottawa called Puzzles. That, <laughs> <laughs> that they had karaoke, and they had that Tenacious D song, and it was a party, is what it was. It's a party. Uh, it's fun, I guess. Nation's D. Jack Black's like a super, super duper movie star, and he still gets up on stage with his goofy ball friend and like, hey, let's let's play these corny ass songs. It's hilarious. I I, I salute it. I truly salute it. It's quite it's quite good. I, I'm more of a fan of Sprotsters for the uh, for all your karaoke needs. If you're ever in the the eastern part of the uh, the GTA. <laughs> oh, isn't that isn't that Findlay's local? Uh, the Sprotsters is one where uh, your friend and mine, Dustin Parks, will go from time to time. Oh, oh, yes, I have been there. I have been there. Yeah. That was like a, like, what time is last call? It's five minutes after that, but they'll still, they'll still yeah. serve Parks, so let's go. Well, they'll open a bunch of bottles, 
right at you know <laughs> a minute to uh, to two, and mm-hmm. then they'll still sell them. Oh, they were already open. At, you know, they're not doing anything wrong. <laughs> the the, wi- the wild west of uh, the wild west of, of the of, far far east. Yes. yes. Um, well, as you can tell, uh, the kind listener, that we are uh, procrastinating talking about the Toronto <laughs> Blue Jays. Yeah, what do you say about uh, that? Not about a, the Blue Jays? a lot, yeah. Well, they're bad. Well, yeah. Uh, it was instructive to watch the Blue Jays play the Orioles four times because, you see, the Blue Jays are not, like, cataclysmically bad. They're just, like, not in a good place right now. They don't have enough good players. This is very similar to what we talked about last week and we will continue to talk about for the next... I don't know, 100 weeks until they're good again. (laughs) (laughs) They they just don't have enough good players now. The Orioles, on the other hand, are a fucking disaster. Yes. Yeah. The Orioles have (laughs) very few good players. They have very few decent players. And they have, uh, most damning of all, like no pitching of which to speak. Now, uh, you know, Zach Britton and Darren O'Day or whomever else, those guys are kind of on the way back. And those are... Attractive pieces, and of course, Manny Machado. They they figure when they're going to make, they'll trade those guys, and they'll get some nice players in return. Although you can also figure that they're the Orioles. When they trade all those guys, they're going to fuck it up. So you don't have to worry too much about it. But the Blue Jays, like we are officially now, after sweeping the Orioles out of four games, that's a little bit of positivity. All right, four games, hey. Orioles bullpen blowing up. Um, but now we're these. This is these are the, not the bad old days, but uh, this is limbo. We are in limbo again. Uh, I don't think that's unfair to say. That it's just like, well, Jays are going to win between 75 and 83 games. And that'll be that. Yeah. It seems like that's about where we're at. Yeah. Uh, the, the, but the pitching list Orioles, of course, as we all remember, uh, traded one of, uh, gave Boston one of their uh, current starting pitchers, Eduardo Rodriguez, for, uh, for Andrew Miller back in, uh, back in the day. Mm-hmm. Chasing a uh, a futile uh, attempt at playoff ex- playoff success, and then of course Andrew Miller signed with the Yankees, mm-hmm. and then they traded him for a player who is slugging like seven hundred in AAA, but he's there's no room at the end yeah. because the Yankees currently have too many good players. <laughs> the guy that the guy that Jays fans want to believe that they can get Jay, get for Jay Happ, which is you know. Not happening. Listen, why not? You, you know, you think it's uh, you think it's that kind of a seller's market that you're going to get Fraser for uh, for J Hap? I mean, the, the Hap is good. Hap is maybe the best pitcher that's going to be available because the you know the Jays do have a, in their favor uh, this year. I, I wrote about this a little bit in my mailbag piece that I, I uh, was published today here on Wednesday. Uh, is that all the other teams that are bad? We're like never trying to be good in the first place, so they don't have anybody mm. decent to trade. So even though there's a lot of teams with, you know, who are clearly not uh, have no playoff aspirations at this point, uh, I, who do they have on their rosters that's going to be attractive to anybody that they'd actually be willing to move? That's a good point. And, and Jay, Jay Happ is, of course, very a very nice player. Uh, I'm I'm still thinking about the Yankees because I was watching the Yankees game today, and the Yankees, of course, had Harold Chapman on their team after they traded him uh, at the lowest point of his value because of his uh, low value as a human being. And then they acquired Gleyber Torres, who now has like 
fucking 12 home runs as a little mini teeny tiny shortstop uh, because the Yankees just have too many good players. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, it does not sit so well with me right now. <laughs> it's horseshit, yeah. It's complete horseshit. And then they're playing the Nationals, who have a teenager who does only hits home runs as well. Juan Soto hit, uh, was in single A earlier this year <laughs> and is now hitting hitting 440-foot home runs into a place beyond the Yankees' bullpen. They, I was watching the Yankees' broadcast. They didn't even have a name for where he hit it. They're like, <laughs> what do we call that out there? I don't know. Yeah, but uh, when's he become a free agent? How many years of team control did the Nationals get out of him? Yeah, that's a big concern of theirs. I mean, look what look at how badly the whole Bryce Harper thing has worked out for them. Mm-hmm. Ugh. Ugh, Bryce Harper. I wish Bryce Harper was better. Then again, maybe I'm happy that he's bad. <laughs> maybe they should trade him. They should trade the the, 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 the Nationals should trade Bryce Harper right today. Trade him. Before they got Soto, they don't need him. Before he comes mm-hmm. and visits uh, the Rogers Center, while we watch uh, uh, Scherzer and, and, and Geo fucking destroy the Blue Jays all weekend, which I think is what is about to happen. How little do I enjoy watching Gio Gonzalez pitch? The answer is a, like a, a whole <laughs> lot of little. I really don't like watching Gio Gonzalez. Uh, Scherzer is a monster, of course. Yes. So he's great to watch. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, so the Jays are in limbo. That's kind of where we were. They have they have a few reasons for excitement. I think it's nice to see Randall Grichik swinging the bat well. Um, he's made he's he's preaching to the choir of uh, swing changes right now. He made some swing changes. He kind of got some things fixed up for himself. So he says. At this point, that's all you can really hope for, right? Yeah. No, those this, are at this point of twenty eighteen, <laughs> let's see what we can what you can do. Those little uh, Randall Gritchick. good stories. That's yeah, that's where we're at. Yeah, good stories like uh, uh, your colleague Caitlin uh, McGrath wrote about Ryan Tapera's tennis career. Actually, she didn't even write about it; she just put it on Twitter. But it was a fun story about mm. how much he likes playing tennis. Caitlin, of course, is an avid follower of the I don't know what what do you call it? the game of kings? Kings is it? Is is tennis sport of kings? I don't think tennis is the sport of kings. Is it? That's horse racing is the sport of kings. Then surely so, something is truly a good sport as well. I forget what Homer was talking about, which sport he made. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but yeah, I don't know. It's, 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 the word, we keep using the word grim. It's not grim. It's obviously, go, going to Tampa Bay and getting beaten up by the stupid Rays and their stupid gimmicks is annoying. Mm-hmm. It's really, really annoying. But uh, that starter opener thing, baseball Twitter has seems to obviously has opinions about that, about the idea of the of the opener, and uh, because when it doesn't work, it doesn't it it flames out spectacularly. But when it does work, like on was that Monday night? Yeah, uh, it works. It works like a charm. Yeah. Like What's his name? Stanek? That guy that just mowed down the top of the Blue Jays' order like it was not even there. He he looked great, and it set everything up just as as just they want. It was it was interesting hearing uh, Shulman and the, the the crew talk about. I I hadn't I hadn't considered the one aspect of it, which was getting the starter who's maybe not as good to face the bottom of the order as well. I think that's an interesting additional wrinkle to the opener. Sure, yeah. Thing that, yeah. That works it, like, when it works. If you can get run out, run that, then that guy out there get 
two good innings out of him, then you have your opener, your... I mean, how much better would Jaime Garcia be if he got to start his game <laughs> yeah. facing the bottom of the order? Yeah, it, would, it, it, could, it could be... I mean, but that's the thing. When it doesn't work, then you, your ass is in the jackpot. <laughs> I, I, it was reassuring to see Tom Hallian, a person who's been in those kinds of confrontations a million times, but like all of us, or me specifically, I can't speak for anyone else, mm-hmm. sometimes <laughs> even though you think you're quick-witted and you think you got your wits about you and you think you're going to say the right thing, sometimes words just fall yeah. out of your face <laughs> yeah. way yeah. faster than you can hold them in. <laughs> uh, so you're ready to like with some some quip you got some bone money trying to you're trying to de-escalate the situation which you did really well get it out of here and moving the moving the other home plate up around but then you just suddenly your ass is in the jackpot and you're just saying <laughs> whatever comes to mind <laughs> if you haven't found uh, seen this we'll we'll put a link to it i don't know just go on twitter and find yep, it it's not yep, that hard yep. you'll find it but uh uh I don't know. Yeah, what else? What other good stories are there this week? What's the good story this week? The good story du jour. Uh, bullpen is like yeah. the same as it always has been, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, Stroman pitched in a rehab game. It was nice. Uh, down in Buffalo, uh, Sean Reed Foley's had a. He got clobbered in his first uh, start, but has looked uh, looked the part. Mm-hmm. Since, uh, since uh, Tom. Tom Pannone is about to come off of his suspension. <laughs> We're here stretching for good stories here. Uh, you know, I mean, nobody's ever going to uh, come around on Kendrys Morales, but, uh, you know, he's, he hasn't looked nearly as useless in the last few weeks, maybe. He's also kind of lost his job, it seems like, well, a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> he definitely did that. <laughs> rightfully so. He's, uh, you know, he's up to a big 68 uh, weighted runs created plus. That's almost, in fact, a nice rebound here to the season. But uh, I think that if you're the Blue Jays, I mean, John Gibbons is making our lineup out because he wants to win. He thinks he needs to win. Now, if he gets a a nudge from upstairs or if he gets a nudge from his player, basically let Curtis Granderson play as much as he can, Mm -hmm. establish um, some value, make himself attractive to uh, to a, a contender, as though... Two good weeks of Curtis Granderson is going to change anybody's mind about like the most one of the more beloved players in the league who's great in your clubhouse when you if you need a veteran and also can clobber right-handed pitching and and play the outfield ably enough, um, but let him get some run, let him get some some good at bats, and then Build maybe up. you can he can land somewhere nice and the Blue Jays can make out with a nice get something in return and. And you've you got uh, Hernandez. Although I guess one thing we could talk about is Teoscar Hernandez has sort of been switched to left field. Yes, he certainly. I don't know has. if you've noticed yeah. that. Uh, Gibbons made some comment about uh, uh, Teoscar fucking around in the outfield, <laughs> for, for well, lack of a better term. Yeah, it seems like he's maybe better served with uh, fewer responsibilities, less. Uh, <laughs> Less need to make you know hard choices like which base to throw to. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Who among us though can't claim to uh, <laughs> to have to have that? Oh, I did. Um, sorry, I'll do that after. Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, that's not nothing. Mm. It does sort of put a. Again, if depending on how you think about it. Well, obviously he's 
well, not obviously. Presumably, a right fielder is more valuable or, or more essential than a left fielder. Right field is, uh, as for all the reasons that, that we've sort of listed, there's more for there's more responsibility for right right fielder. They have to make that throw to third base. They have a few more choices to make. Left field is sort of those throws are shorter, and there's a little bit less um, on the mind. So, in terms of raw value or what kind, how many wins above replacement might this guy accumulate as a ball player? Uh, take a little bit of a hit, but if he's more comfortable out there, if he's making better decisions, if he's helping the team by not hurting, as if it's addition by subtraction to move him over there, it's cool. Mm-hmm. And Gritchuk is fine in right field, I guess. He's no uh, no great shakes. but And then uh, the, the the guy we keep can't help but praise, Kevin Pillar. I'll take that outfield. Those guys are all uh, everyday players. There you go. Yeah, that's a, that's a nice, what do they call it, the second division outfield right there for you? Oh, yes. Oh, yes, it is. That is exactly what they call that. Um, yeah, but no, those guys are everyday guys. I think you're not wrong about that. And that, uh, you know, that, uh, you, you want to have a floor. You want to have a floor that's everyday guys. We've seen last year what it looks like when you don't have that floor. And we're seeing it in spots, I guess, obviously this year, too. But, mm-hmm. you know, the, the hope is, because those look like guys who are going to be around for, you know, longer than just until... July 31st, uh, mm-hmm. maybe maybe we'll see a move with one of them if they get something they really like, but uh, but I'm not sure. But that it, it's just it, it's it's a nice floor and it's a ni- it, it, they're nice easy obstacles maybe for somebody like an Anthony Alford to uh, uh, to eventually jump over once he starts to figure it the hell out. Which I think he had a couple hits tonight, I, I believe I saw, um, but he's not having a great year at all, which is. Uh, you just can't rely on the teens. That's the thing. Unless they're, you know, of the, they come from the Hall of Fame stock, then it's uh, clearly a different story. You can rely on the teens <laughs> when it's your hopes and dreams that you're resting upon them. You can absolutely be like, teens, <laughs> teens, we need you now more than ever. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at Randall Gritchick. He's been back for 10 games. Uh, he's hit three home runs. That's that's kind of the beginning and the end of it. If he does that, if he hits three home runs every ten games, he got a forty-five home run hitter. That's, uh, that's that ain't not bad. That's pretty much all. That's pretty much all you need to do, really. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's, it, that maybe he's asking a little bit much, but yeah, that's you know. I think more than anything, he's not striking out like we saw him earlier. Uh, which is yeah, which is an enormous thing because that's obviously the, mm-hmm. the big knock on him. Uh, and, you know, I, I tweeted about this the other day, too, but it's like the uh, – w- w- people forget or overlooked, I think, the fact that, you know, he was so bad at the start of uh, of the season before he went on the DL. But he also had that wrist thing right at the end of spring training. And I know that, you know, mm-hmm. if you looked at the exit velocities and stuff like that, he was still striking the ball hard. And, it, it, you know, he didn't necessarily look like he was uh, – off or anything necessarily except for what the results were so I, you know i don't want to just chalk it up to uh, say that it wasn't just bad luck or something like that i think i was looks like i was lying about anthony alford but uh, so his musical <laughs> season continues uh but yeah so i, I think that 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 early period obviously clouded a lot of people's judgment because you know that's the only information about randall gritchick that they had and they're like oh the blue jays traded for a player who's fucking terrible uh, <laughs> which is obviously ridiculous. 
and uh, hopefully people sort of come around to see that. But it's it's so we're you know we've been doing this for so long, and it's just every fucking year those sort of concepts need to be drilled into people. You know, every year people come out of the woodwork who just don't grasp that that you know the 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 little uh, logical fallacies of, of the way that their opinions have been, uh, you know, that are the foundations of the way that their opinions have been uh, constructed, right? Like, mm-hmm. like I, you know, I get that Grichik looks bad and looks quote-unquote lost and that you never saw what he looked like before, so this is all you have to go on these first 14 games in, in April, and so you've decided now that he's, he's probably terrible. Uh, but it's just, it's silly, and I'm fucking sick of having to combat it. <laughs> and then, then here we are. And then, and then sometimes I tell people that, you know, maybe Kendrick's Morales is going to be fine and look like a fucking asshole because he's obviously trash. Though, uh, though I will say for Mr. Morales, uh, since if I cherry pick as, uh, as uh, deftly as I possibly can, uh, since the 11th of May, his, his most recent... Uh, a nice round numbers, most recent 87 plate appearances. Uh, mm-hmm. 114 weighted runs created plus, 296, 333, 457. Uh, that's still not good enough for a DH, probably, but it, it, you know, that doesn't maybe look like a guy who's completely washed. It just looks like a guy who is completely washed having a, an okay month. <laughs> it doesn't look like a, like a dead cat bouncing. It just looks like a cat that may or may not be alive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Touching the ground and then leaping out straight up into the air once again. Uh, speaking of dead cat bounce, Devin Travis is like very slowly looking like a big leaguer again. Um, little, little by little. This is what the, the this is me damning him with the faintest praise yes. I can manage, which is to say he doesn't look like he's broken and useless and and you know all the worries that we described another player Devin Travis doesn't look like that but I still contest that the growing body of work is it has tilted again uh, against Devin Travis's favor the the great 2015 season um uh is sort of getting was it 2015 or 2016 2015 right 15, yeah yeah it's all sort of that's getting further and further into the rear view, and now all these little pieces of broken seasons and knee injured, and then he got he was injured again mm-hmm. in that awkward uh, non collision in center field, and, and then he tweaked his knee again. Now we're John Lott, I believe, wrote about it, but we're told it's not the same thing. But it's uh, you you, uh, you don't want to slap injured injury prone onto somebody. But Devin Jarvis is a guy that has been hurt frequently, mm-hmm. quite a lot. So from that we can we can we, I don't you don't want to extrapolate too much, but think, man, he sure does get hurt a lot, <laughs> and then it affects the way that he plays, yeah. such that it starts it's it's worth considering his value as a ball player, not as a person. I'm sure, he's a delightful man, but you start to question about can we rely on this ball player moving forward given his track record of health and performance and because those two things are related. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that's a question you need to answer right away. I, I think that, you know, this is part and parcel of the, the injury thing, but it, it, it does bear keeping in mind that, you know, he, did he swing a bat for 
almost a year. Mm-hmm. You know, he had a you know really long layoff, and and you could understand there maybe being some rust to shake off. Uh, but that's being you know that's giving him a, a lot of benefit of the doubt. Uh, but also the Jays are in a position with second base where you know they could just they don't you know they could they they can rely on him as much as they can rely on him. Uh, but they've got you know. They got a guy like Kevin Biggio coming, Kevin Biggio, whatever the fuck. However, you know, we do this every time we bring his name up. Uh, who, who may, you know, who who may end up being a legitimate prospect? You've got you know Bo Bichette, who looks like he might stick it short, but people think he can play it second. They've got Guriel. They've got uh, you know they've got an intriguing guy and in, in Kevin Smith, who's up up in uh, Dunedin now. He's a shortstop mostly, but. Uh, but obviously, you know, somebody can shift over and play second base of a, of a group of guys who are coming up who, uh, you know, I mean, guys at Dunedin are still a little ways off. Most of the most players are not going to be on the same sort of track as the Bichettes and the, the Guerreros of the world, obviously. But, uh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, I, 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 I don't know that you need to rush and get rid of uh, Devin Travis. I think maybe he plays himself into being a decent trade chip uh, at some point. Uh, be it you know at the end of this year and or at the end uh, you know the middle of next season and if you think you have enough options then and his value is high and he's, you know he looks like he's uh, the guy that you kind of hoped and thought he would be uh, you can make a decision then uh, and in the meantime I don't know he's he, he's there he's there's you know Salarte's here I, I don't know that you know he'll be an interesting he, he might have some trade interest this year but I, I you know I think it's the market seems to for the deadline be more about pitching anyway and uh and Solarte is a guy who I kind of felt like when they brought him in was somebody that they looked to uh just because he had term as a guy who will kind of basically could play third base when they inevitably trade uh Josh Donaldson because they didn't think that they would have uh Guerrero ready to go uh so quickly uh but he can play second base too a little bit and I don't know. I, I, I'm not. I'm not trying to sugarcoat Devin Travis. But I'm just saying we don't need to run him out the door. Just let let him go. See what you see. What you can get out of him, and uh, maybe he does turn into something better. I mean, uh, you know, even though the you know the knee tweak recently uh, is an issue, uh, for the most part, it seems like he's been healthy this year, and they're really cautious coming out of spring training. And and uh, I think even though the results at the plate haven't been what you had had hoped. Uh, I think that the the health has probably been better than a lot of people would have expected. Yeah, I think that's true. I, I know that it, it feels like when they they sent him down to Buffalo, and, the, and since he's been back, they kind of took the took the training wheels off a little bit. Mm-hmm. It seems they were just kind of like, go just go play, you know. Not we're not, and and I think that's part of uh, that. I wonder about the what was the impetus behind that. Is it uh, we don't need to baby him? You know, he we just we don't need to get, we need to get out of his head and let him just go and play. But also, it's maybe it's just like well, just go and play. <laughs> it's not quite as it's not the same approach they or the way that they are talking about extreme caution. Like with obviously with Vlad uh, Junior and his injury, they extreme caution, keep him off of everything and. And uh, you have to make, wait until his, uh, his, his leg is healed and his service time is gamed and all those things. You, have to, you can't rush any of that stuff. But with Travis, it's like, well, what are we, what are we hiding from? Um, and, and I think that you know, it's related to the service time thing where every time there's anybody, there's always we, – we get into these service time conversations. And not everybody's worth that conversation. Um, 
Well, some guys are. Yeah, I, I, and I don't, I don't think that Travis necessarily is, but it, it, you know, it doesn't hurt. Like he was in the big leagues from opening day. No, no, what, not, so not, he, not a. So I, he, I know. Sorry, I miss. I may have. I may have misled you in terms of what the point. My the point that I'm trying to oh, make. Yeah, sorry, yeah. I interrupted you. Yeah, I'm probably, not saying. Probably your let's fault, game not me, Devin Travis. <laughs> no, it is my fault. It's my fault. Uh, it's not a not a let's game Devin Travis's playing time. It's just like, well, if he dies, he dies. Like not you know one of those. Like, well, here just let him play. But if he gets hurt, you know we're not we're not protecting any uh, uh, a significant piece. Uh, we just want to let a guy. Let's just go see if he can play because we'll. We're, it's all the same to us. But contra to that though is the fact that maybe they were gaming Devin Travis's surface time. I don't know. He's got the, he's got three years on the nose, so they put they, like literally that demotion probably pushed back his free agency for a year. Uh, and I think I agree with your overall point, which is that this is not a guy that you would give a shit about that at this point. Uh, but I don't know. They're, they're, <laughs> I wouldn't put it past the team to have considered that uh, dimension of it. You know, this is a they obviously are very uh, cognizant of how best to manage their assets. <sighs> Devin Travis has played himself out of that kind of a conversation. I think in so my too. Yeah. Humble opinion. I think you're not. You, you know, you, you, you get what you get from Devin Travis at this point, and it's you need players like that, um, and he is a contributor to a firm and solid floor, but he is not a player upon which you are dreaming, and there is probably not a lot of projection. Excuse me, left in Devin Travis, who had a great just just as we are critical of those who. Uh, cast aspersions on the Randall Grichickson of the world when they get a first look at them and they struggle. Uh, we can't be so short-sighted as to believe that the first three and a half months of Devin Travis's career are indicative of who he is and will be forever. Um, he was great, and he's been a above-average above average hitter um, at points during his career, and it would be terrific if he could do that over an extended period of time without having that period of time being interrupted by uh, the physical challenges that uh, playing every day on a cement-ass turf present. Speaking of which, uh, I don't know if we, uh, we mentioned this on the last show, there's a great, a great uh, uh, your friend and mine, well, my friend in particular, Jonah Bierenbaum, wrote a story on uh, at Score. He did an interview with Adam Jones, and it was a wide-ranging conversation. And Adam, he, Adam Jones made some, they were talking about how long Jones wanted to play. And, and, and he was like, you're going to play till you're 40? And... Uh, and Jones was like, oh, after four days on this turf, there's no way. Like, he just, just, <laughs> just, just not into it. Not yeah. enjoying the turf life. Which you don't hear quite as much as you used to anymore. Obviously still out there, though. <laughs> that that feeling is uh, is not going away. Yeah, well, I mean, the infielders are probably okay now, right? I mean, with the they got the they got their precious dirt. I'm sure that's more forgiving than the, the weird concrete thing out there, but... Uh... That's true. I, I I definitely take it for granted already. I I have forgotten that there used to be just the teeny little it, cutouts and then it's the, yeah it was in between. Fucking gross. It's it's hard to look at some of those. Uh, you know, well because MLB TV will shove highlights down your throat all the time, and you'll occasionally see one from Rogers Center when, uh, like it was bad without the uh, you know when it was just the cutouts, but even the previous carpet was just fucking disgusting. Mm-hmm. It was you know. Awful. When I like the Verlander one when he's pitching the perfect game at Rodgers, you just you're looking at it. It looks like it looks like what the trop looks like right now, which is not Gross. good. Yeah. Also, it's very strange when you see old clips to not have any of the railing or fencing in front of the dugout, which mm-hmm. 
seems very natural for it to be there now, um, such that when you go back, it looks like a death trap. <laughs> yeah. And like, not only with baseballs, but people falling in there all the time to die, fall down steps and just have these weird open pits at the side of the, Brett, Brett Laurie, the side of the diamond. Brett Laurie was never the same. Never the same. That was a different kind of open pit, <laughs> a different kind of death pit. Yeah. They put that fence there to stop him. Like, Brett Laurie, don't jump down into this hole. And he still did it. And now his <laughs> career is, uh, for the most part, over. Speaking of careers being over, Toy Tulowitzki was uh, kicking around the last couple of days. The Blue Jays, of course, there in Tampa Bay, which is just a hop, skip, and jump from Dunedin. I don't know if it really is. It's... They're close enough that, they're, that they're uh, Toy Tulowitzki the was same, there. They're basically the same city, yeah. Man makes $20 million a year, and he's wearing track pants to work. But, uh, you know, so, so who, who wouldn't do that? Uh, but Tulo's saying all the right things. He wants to come back. He wants to play. He's hopeful that he could play again this year. Uh, I don't think that anyone... Look, there's no... The Troy Tulowitzki conversation is not an easy one to have, ever. It sucks. Mm-hmm. He has been through a fucking shitload. And I can't help but think that it's... If I'm Tori Tulowitzki, I'm, I'm on the David Wright plan until I'm not. Show up every spring. Ready to go, guys. This is it. Let's, let's get me out there. And then medically not cleared. Okay, guys, I'm going home to count my money. <laughs> I, I'm going to keep working out, and I'm going to keep searching for that real killer, and then I'll be back again in the spring, ready to go at it again. Um... But it, it it is interesting. I mean, I, I mean, I, I I don't think he's quite wired that way. But I know, but I do know what mm. you mean, right? Like that's yeah. Well, I'm sure that David Wright isn't at home thinking yeah. I can't wait to get the get this sweet insurance money. He wants to play, <laughs> yeah. And he probably will talk himself into thinking that he can play, and Tula will do the same thing. And the Blue Jays, for money reasons, not for the on field product, because. As bad as Troy Tulowitzki has been, he's not any worse than what they've got now. He's better than the guys that they are running out there, for the most part, at shortstop. Diaz is okay, but yeah, I, I, and look, you'll never, you'll never get a better two years or year and a half window to just fucking run Troy Tulowitzki out there and see what he's got than starting right now. I mean, he's obviously not, not healthy yet, but and might not be by the end of this year. Uh, I'm sure the Jays are kind of like, yeah, if you could just be healthy from the start of, you know, from opening day 19 until maybe the Super 2 cutoff, uh, that would just be perfect for us. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I, 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 it's, it's obviously far-fetched to think about him, like, turning himself into a trade asset or anything like that. But, I mean, fuck, what, the, what, is, the, what is the goddamn difference if you let Troy Tulowitzki try to be Troy Tulowitzki again on this team this year or next? I think that's totally... Uh, <laughs> you don't really have a choice at this point anyway, but I, I, I would love to see him do it. I would love to see him be successful at it. And I really enjoy the fact that that can happen because the stakes are just so incredibly low that it doesn't matter if he's fucking terrible or not. It's, uh, it's funny because you just said maybe tur- you don't expect him to turn into a trade asset. And I, over here on my end, I bristled in my, to myself at the idea of trying to trade him. Um, I am of the mindset at this point that even if he if he is playing or he isn't playing, keeping Troy Tulowitzki around Bo Bichette is probably a good thing for as long as you can pull it off, um, because those are guys that have a relationship that predates this the the, the Blue Jays. That is true. Yeah, uh, that is true. And every time 
you get a round of Troy Tulowitzki stories, and usually it's in spring training. It is like Camp Tulo, where he goes and teaches and, and it just interacts and and mentors young players. And again, I don't have a problem with that. If he is just kind of hanging around Bobichet and helping Bobichet be comfortable and helping Bobichet learn about working and about being a professional. Now, obviously, I think one of the knocks against Tulo is maybe that he always he spent too much time working and he maybe worked too hard and wasn't working as smartly as he could have. But if you can help him instill that that eth- work ethic and 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 with a guy, a kid who respects him and a kid who respects the money that he's made and the things that he's accomplished in the game, and then you can also have your own uh, performance team that can help to rein it in and say, like, this is what we think is the, you know, we don't want you to stop you from working, but work smartly, listen to your body, all that sort of stuff. Um, I think that might be the best of both worlds. I just don't think there's any harm in uh, in, in having Tulo close to Bichette as much as possible for the next two years. Yeah, I mean, if you're paying him anyway, which you are, and if uh, you are, and yeah. if, if the roster spot really doesn't matter that much, which it probably doesn't, yeah, I, I mean, I'm fine with that too. I would, or even you know, if it is like I'd a David Wright situation. Yeah, yeah, I'd love to see him get real, get a real run though. Like, like, I don't know. It's been so disappointing that we've never seen him anywhere close to at his best. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's obviously, you know. A bit wishful thinking to think that maybe he'll have a you know one of those bounce back kind of dead cat bounce seasons in him, or or if just being off the field for so long and maybe and getting you know getting everything as right as possible and not playing through it can maybe help him. But then it's you know just even as those words come out of my mouth, I'm like you know the velocity in the game now, and you're talking about yeah. a guy who is who you know is he 33 now and will be 34 next year or something like that and. And you know that's obviously not, but that's that's becoming baseball old now, and uh, and so you know you, you you can't have high hopes for anything like that. But that yeah. that is but baseball no. old. It's definitely baseball old, and and it is. Uh, it feels like every minute he's away from the field, every day or every game that goes by, that he's not facing big league velocity, facing f- four different relievers. I, th- I think it was Grichik the other night in the, in one of those games that the Rays started uh, 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 Brannick or whatever, Stanek. Uh, Randall Grichik faced four different pitchers in the game. He never faced the same guy twice. That's really hard. And when you're starting to get – your bat starting to slow and your feet or your hip or all the different things that Tulo's been with, every day that goes past, the odds grow Longer that he will ever be able to hit at the big league level um, again, which is a shame. I mean, you're seeing so many players around the league. Just the older they they, they get old quickly, it gets early, gets late early for a lot of these guys. And um, if that means that you are sitting there staring at a huge chunk of cash that you're owed to somebody over time, then well, so be it. I mean, I, I saw this is not really related. I saw people. Miguel Cabrera got hurt the other the other mm-hmm. night, and now he's out for the season. And there was a, there was a bunch of the concern trolling, like, "Oh, can you believe how much money they owe Miguel Cabrera?" And which, yeah, but also, if you can't give that fucking money to Miguel Cabrera, then you can't give it to anybody. If like, is one of the best right-handed hitters of all time. He earned that money. 
He earned it. Let him have it. Don't be counting the Tigers' money. It's not stopping the Tigers from doing anything. If you're going to lament a single deal that the Tigers signed, maybe it's a Victor Martinez deal, or don't lament any of the deals that the Tigers signed. The Tigers took their shot. They got to the World Series. They were a good team in the playoffs every year, and then uh, they weren't. Then they then Cabrera got hurt. He was great this year when he was on the field. Now he's off the field for the rest of the year. Bunch of guys, other guys are hurt. They're gonna they're gonna keep making trades and they're gonna be back again and they'll have all that money to spend. And any of these guys, if it's a Nick Castellanos who who has improved, there's no harm in having Miguel Cabrera around with him. And if you're gonna be pissed off because Troy Tulowski makes twenty one million dollars now when he's not a big league, uh, he's not on the field. Or Miguel makes thirty million dollars a year three years from now when he's forty. Who fucking cares? Let it go. <laughs> Take that money and throw it out the window. It's not yours. It's little P- that's little Caesar's money. Let them let them worry about that. But uh, yeah, I don't know. No, I don't. Two Lewitskis. Two Lewitskis. Two Lewitskis. I'm going to say, I'm just because I'm, I'm looking at it. As, I pulled up his baseball reference page. I'm looking at like, similar batters through age 32. It just it just mm-hmm. underlines how disappointing. And the top four similar batters through age 32 are Miguel Tejada, Jeff Kent, Chase Utley, and Barry Larkin. He was a very good player, this Troy Tulowitzki, it turns out. He was a very, very, very <laughs> good player. But the, the shitty thing, I mean, uh, well, just one of many shitty things about the situation mm-hmm. is that, you know, it, it, all, it was already, even when he was healthy, it was starting to look, you know, there were cracks in the, in the facade about him and Velocity a little bit. And there was, mm-hmm. you know, the first month of 2016 where it was like, uh-oh, he might be finished. Uh, and then he kind of came back and ended up having an okay... He had a nice year defensively and had a nice, you know, ended up being about a league average hitter, which is well below his own standard. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we'll see how it goes. Well, and, yeah, I think I, I, I'm with you with the, well, if you're paying him anyway, might as well, mm-hmm. might as well have him around. Well, and not not only is the there's so much more velocity in the game, there's more velocity, but less opportunity. You, you see less of it. Mm-hmm. Everybody throws harder, but the, but the league is, is throwing fewer and fewer fastballs. We've talked about this a couple weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like there's no... The kind of player who is victimized by that, to an extent, is, is a Troy Chulowitzki, who was obviously a, a great, great, great player for a long time. Uh, we saw Jose Bautista, who struggled with that a little bit, um, who's you know putting together a nice start to his Mets career, played second base a little bit the other day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, walking like crazy. His dad got bounced as well underway. Awesome! Everyone's happy. Jose, you know, looks a bit more like himself, even though he's not maybe hitting for as much power in New York. But the a guy who's the guys who are the most vulnerable to it, I think, is what we're seeing with Russell Martin. Mm-hmm. Russell Martin was always the dead red guy. I think that was sort of the book on him was that you just throw him anything that spins, and he's going to have a bit of a hard time with it. And now he's seeing more of it, and all, but also can't do anything with the fastballs when he gets them, and. Russell Martin's decline is kind of uh, accelerated. Yeah, I think so. Another grim show. A little bit. Well, I mean, it's not a great time for the Blue Jays right now. I mean, they do have Danny Jansen in AAA, which I wrote about this in the mailbag. Somebody asked me about it. Somebody was defending Martin, like pointing to his BABIP mm-hmm. and, and some of the uh, StatCast stuff, the expected weighted on base, where he's, you know, the results are maybe not quite mm-hmm. as bad as, or, or, or don't reflect his true talent at this point, but it's also like, eh, I don't know. Uh, the, 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 the 35-year-old catcher, maybe, uh, maybe you know, the Babbitt isn't going to 
to suddenly become 300 again. Well, I think even when we when 2016, I think is a kind of a, is the, sort of the best case scenario for a guy like Russell Martin at this point, where he's going to take his walks and then he he's he's becoming like a bad catcher. I mean, like a Rod Barajas type in some ways. A lot of power, few walks, not a lot else. Mm-hmm. Where you know you you take your 20 minute your 20 home runs if you can get them. And, uh, you know, you're whatever, 12 or 15% walk rate, and then you just kind of move on and, and hope for the best. Uh, Russell Martin is obviously worse now, and, and ha- it doesn't look great. And I think that, I think that it's, an, it's his league average the last two years. I think there's still no, there's no reason to think he can't get back to that again. And then there's one more year of Russell Martin. I th- a lot of this comes back to the idea it's okay for players to get old and get worse. It does. It feels like we we refuse to allow them to do that. <laughs> right. Right. Like it's okay yeah. if Russell Martin is not as good now as he was before. And uh, there's there's one guy and I can't remember his name. And we battle. We've we've argued about this more than once. Where he hates the Russell Martin contract, and he said he hated it from the day it was signed. And he's been really bad. And and I'm like I think the Russell Martin contract was great, and it was. Especially being front loaded as it was, it re- they really benefited from that. He had put up a huge year when he was making the, the smallest amount of money on the, on that deal, and uh, he's just he. There's so much of a culture change that he brought about, and I, again, I think his value is uh, under doesn't you know his on field value is is not representative of his complete value. Um, I'm I'm going all in on intangibles this week, but. It's, I think it's okay. If you have Russell Martin around the 2019 Blue Jays and he's not a great player, he's not even a good player, that doesn't mean that he is, it's a net negative. Uh, for a team that's not going to be any good anyway. And if it means he's working with Danny Jansen and helping him maybe be, to be a starting player or helping Luke Maley to not be the worst kind of backup, even though he's kind of looking that way, he looks like Luke Maley, uh, I, I just think that's okay. It's okay if Russell Martin's bad. Let it happen. Yeah. Celebrate the his great career instead of lamenting, and we like we can't let go. I think, and that's not that's all of us. We can't let go. We can't let go. We hope and hope and hope and hope and hope that it's going to turn it around because that's what we want to see. But I don't know. Let them be bad. Let the bad players be bad. Let the old players be bad. They'll be gone. They'll all be dead soon. Don't worry about <laughs> it. <laughs> Yikes. Okay, that did, that did get a little grim. But no, I, you're, you're, you're totally you're totally not wrong. And also, it's not like there's any problem with the sort of ascension plan for Danny Jansen. I mean, people have this thing where they uh, have seen Luke Maley have some success this season so far uh, with a lot of, you know, batted ball luck. Uh, but he's he's still a backup catcher. I mean, mm-hmm. that's not going to change. The piss rods have dried up. They're, they're increasingly, they're really, really yellow, really fragrant, just like really just... No, under uh, they just need to underhydrate. Just gross. Yeah, no. It's, it, everyone loves to love Luke Maley, and I am the chief among them. But uh, he's a backup catcher. They're all bad. And to your point about Martin and and being old, you know, I, I'm just I'm looking at his Fangraphs page right now, or I'm looking at a a list of the catchers who have have caught the most games since. Uh, since 1990, and he ranks 11th with over 1,500 games. I mean, uh, and there are there are some terrible catchers on this list. Uh, 
you know, guys who, who, you know, it's just to be able to hang in for that long is impressive enough. Uh, so to give them, to give them shit for mm-hmm. not being their, their former selves, I think is, uh, it's, it's just too much. That's a lot of receiving pitches thrown at ex- incredibly high velocities in your left hand, which is also the dominant hand on your bat when you hit. Uh, I have a significant... I, I caught, this weekend, I caught in a grand total, I caught seven innings total. And I am, like, hobbled. Hobbled, walking around. I have an enormous bruise of my leg. Those guys are like that all the time. <laughs> They're black and blue. As a, as a, as a rule. And he's, he's caught a, thousands and thousands and thousands of innings. What a legend. Love Russell Martin. Love him. Uh, let's talk about the teens real quick. Uh, we did, we've talked about them a little bit. Bo Bichette is um, uh, he's swinging a, a nice bat. He looks uh, like himself again after a bit of a rocky start to his double-A career. He is inc- incredibly young. He's uh, hitting the ball with a bit more authority of late, which uh, no harm in that. And uh, again, the, the defense continues to be strong. Can't complain. Yeah, you don't really hear that. Oh, I don't know if he's going to be able to stick at short stuff anymore, which is uh, a credit to him and to the Blue Jays and, and their development, but mostly him. Uh, and I'm looking at uh, his game logs on Fangraphs here right now. Uh, over the last 89 plate appearances, uh, so that's going back to May 24th, he is uh, slashing 372, 427, 628. Yeah, that'll do. That'll do. Even with a like a bit of a prolonged slump, he still is like a one twenty five way to run created plus in the, in double A as the second or third youngest player in the league. In the league, I think he'll be just fine, and uh, it's great. And uh, but of course, Vlad Guerrero was hurt. He's out for four weeks, uh, which is just breaking broken hearts all over the Blue Jays, the Rogers Baseball Operations Office. They just must be really broken up about that. I mean, they're probably not high-fiving each other in the front office, but yeah. Uh, I mean, the, it, you you have to think there's been some knowing looks at each other because they know exactly what this means and what it maybe allows them to get uh, away with. They could keep him up. You could, if they leave him up for four full weeks, they could they could foreseeably weasel him all the way to stay in New Hampshire the whole year. Yeah, they could. Gonna be sick. I'm going to be sick. Yeah, uh, mission accomplished, I guess. I'm gonna be sick. Speaking of mission accomplished, the Blue Jays signed almost all their draft picks. They got, uh, oh god, don't make me say the names. Uh, that would be uh, Jordan Groshans and uh, Adam Kloffenstein. Kloffenstein, the Magnolia duo. The Magnolia duo, yes. Well, that's what you called it—that twee bullshit. <laughs> that's right, some fucking Mumford and Sons shit or something. Um, but the uh, he the the one guy, the third round pick, he, he went at two point six. I think was that what he ended up signing for? So yeah, like, they kind of came as a package deal, I guess. So a little bit of a uh, creative way to go about it. He, well, they they went way over slot for him. I guess that's what you're trying to do. It, that's they seem like they had a strategy. In the draft, and it included drafting these two Magnolia duo bros, and then uh, you know, kind of working working around uh, the slot considerations. But uh, I mean, I guess it feels like, and it I, might not be accurate, but the Blue Jays had 
you know, missed on or were unable to sign one of their picks, a high pick, almost on a yearly basis over the last however many years. Bickford and Singer and uh, did they draft Singer? They did draft Singer. And uh, the what's his name? Young Beatty, Tyler Beatty. Uh, it just seems like every year there was a guy that Jays drafted a tough sign and then couldn't get it done. So it's nice, I guess, if uh, if that's what you were after. Yeah, sure. That's probably good, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the draft stuff, we could go on and on and make ourselves sound dumber and dumber by the second um, as we try to pretend like we know what was going on at the draft. But uh, I think that's it. I don't know. You got anything else? You got anything pressing? Anything we could talk with? Expansion? Realignment? That seems like it's a... We, we did, we've done this before. Yeah. We, we, we did a whole super bad about I it, I believe. Did. So we don't need to go through that again. And it's at this point that we had a huge World Cup tangent uh, that got a bit glitchy, so we've cut that out. So we're just going to go straight to the end. I've had a few uh, minor technical glitches here, uh, but I'm sure it'll be fine. Burzold, they always persevere. Uh, so for Andrew Stoughton, my name is Drew Fairservice. I want to say thank you for uh, for listening to this edition of Birds All Day. <laughs> <laughs>